in your face. Well, Wise Words is a narrative intergenerational storytelling produced by Thorn Harbour Health at the Abbotsford Convent for Midsummer. And I spoke with the MC Aurelius St. Clair and the curator Rachel Cook. I'm uh, yeah, the curator and organiser of the night, and um, but we're like, it's so amazing to have um, Aurelia um, being our MC. But we do, um, as usual, have an extraordinary lineup. Uh, this year we have, who many people probably know, a bit of the doyen of the Australian literary community, Sophie Cunningham, um, who has written nine novels, um, one of them being The Brilliant, Devastating Fever. Uh, so it's absolute coup to have Sophie joining us. We also have the incredible Lana York, who is um, Aboriginal poet and writer who was a recipient of um, this year's Next Chapter Fellowship at the Wheeler Centre. Uh, for any listeners who know, like, loving L- L- poetry is absolutely stunning. Um, the best seller, anyone who's into, um, I guess, young adult fantasy will probably know C.S. Bacat, uh, best-selling author of the adult trilogy Captive Prince. And we have Julie Peters, who is um, a uh, known as a trans icon amongst trans diverse communities. Who actually also was just in a um, an ABC doco recently talking about their life as a uh, trans activist and what it was like actually being trans and 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 being someone who now is in her seventies. Like what that was like going through that you know decades ago. We also have the incredible um, Tuesday at Singer, who is a poet who, whose work really celebrates Afro-blackness, queerness, disability and feminism. So it's an incredible lineup again this year. And as I said, you know, the main thing of the night is that it's intergenerational. It's people from their 20s through, the, through to their 70s. And it's just, yeah, it's a really lovely night. So it's really fostering not just a, a sense of queer community, but a sense of queer family as well, because that intergenerational queer storytelling, you know, um, has been lost over so many generations. And this, this event is kind of piecing it all together. I think, you know, that was one of the things that we really, we noticed a few years ago that a lot of times of these events that there tend to be um, people of a similar age bracket and there's something really beautiful, especially in the queer community, you know, because having that sort of sense of being with your elders and sharing, hearing their experiences of what it was like to be queer uh, in the, you know, in the 70s and 80s and even before that, but it's also, you know, it's not just sort of this idea of just listening to our elders. It's also this idea of people who are older getting to hear young writers and activists and performers speak and tell their story. It has this sort of really beautiful thing of, of where that sparks memories of, you know, perhaps what you were going through when you were, you were younger. And also it's a, real, it's a really interesting thing hearing people's different stories and noticing how much things have shifted in queer communities, you know, the differences, in, you know, in what coming out was like, you know, in the 60s compared to, you know, now. So, yeah, it's really interesting that way. So, Ariel, it sounds like it's going to be enormous fun for you emceeing that and kind of piecing it all together and being the creator of the segues in between these, in between these stories. <laughs> yes, I'm um, definitely looking forward to hearing all the different stories and um, it's really beautiful to have a lineup with um, writers from all stages of life and ages. And like Rachel said, it's so beautiful to have the opportunity to spend time with our queer elders um, because I feel like a lot of the uh, events at Midsummer and Similar Festivals can be targeted towards a more younger audience. So having a diverse 
lineup um, across the ages is, I think, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, often when people get older, they're kind of they kind of feel invisible and they are invisible in the in the queer community and particularly, you know, queer women. Uh, they often do just disappear and people don't really make that effort to be kind of, you know, a bridge to include them in the community. Um, so I think it's no coincidence that Thorn Harbour has actually put this event together because, Rachel, you see the importance of, of providing that visibility and you see the, the, the health impacts of being invisible. Mm, absolutely. You know, it's, it's uh, it's no new news to know that among especially older LGBTQ women that there are incredible health disparities, especially amongst mental health as well. You know, one of the one of the most amazing things at last year's event with Wise Words was that, you know, it's, it's, we do have amazing writers. Like last year we had, you know, the incredible Claire G. Coleman, um, you know, who has is, is been a stellar prize finalist. And then we had um, TJ White, who was the president of Dykes on Bikes at the time. So TJ had never written before, had never performed writing in front of an audience at all, anything like that. TJ just got up and spoke about their story about coming out as a lesbian in the 70s and having to almost go into hiding because she was going to lose her son um, because she was lesbian. And then she talked about the mental health impacts of that. And one of the things that we really know is that, um, you know, that was something that, women went through um, in the 60s and 70s was the very real possibility and it did happen losing your children and then and 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 then they had and they then they developed this real incredible fear of you know obviously disclosing their sexuality and the impacts of that are, are pretty enormous um, so you know it's really interesting you know hearing those stories and, and recognizing the strengths that our elders had to be to be out and to, to pave the way for you know generations after them. So it's 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 really it's really lovely to get to honour them in that way, um, and it's really lovely for them, as I said before, to get to see through you know younger women and younger queer people um, where that's taken them and the sort of you know the, the the life that you know a lot of us get to live today because of what they did. So yeah. And what a, what a great role for you, Ariella, to be on stage, kind of you know, really, really connecting young people to these to these wise words, these <laughs> elders of our community. Yes, um, I think wise words can come from all ages, and um, that's the the great thing about the event is that we will get a chance to hear such diverse stories. So you're you're a comedian, you're a podcaster, uh, you do so much artistically in the community. What else is happening for you, Oriella St. Clair? What else are you working on? I'm working on a new show for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So I'll be back on stage in March and April performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. My show is called Can I Be Mean for a Minute? And... Yeah, it'll be just a lot of fun, and it won't be that mean. Fantastic. <laughs> so um, that's great to be on stage at the Comedy Festival. Um, you write all these amazing shows. Uh, what else are you writing? Um, I have a newsletter, but I'm, I'm trying to get back into publishing it more regularly. I think January was a bit of a long month for me. Um, but, yeah, you can find my newsletter on uh, my Instagram as well. Fantastic. Now, Rachel, you are the Women's Officer at Thorn Harbour Health. What other projects are you working on? 
Uh, well, we just um, came off, uh, which hopefully some of your listeners got to go to, was the LGBTIQ Women's Health Conference last year, which was also at the Abbasi Convent, which was massive. Um, we had nearly 400 people um, come to that. We had over 30 different sessions tackling a whole range of different different issues, and we're actually sort of uh, just compiling, doing the sort of post-mortem of all of that and getting all of the documents together uh, to, to, to actually take that work to the next level. It was, was quite a bit of work has come out of that in terms of collaborating with a number of different um, researchers in, in the area, so that's been really great. And we'll also... Uh, at the moment, we're working on the next round of our campaigns, which uh, this year will be centred around, again, um, uh, breast cancer, cervical cancer, mental health, uh, and also looking at doing a campaign around menopause. But it, so it's also, you know, there's no... And, of course, as you know, it's midsummer, so really, <laughs> it's not like you sort of slow down this time of the year in queer community world. You sort of jump back in, back in after the break and it's just, you know, on the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. The adrenaline must be pumping. Now, look, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I was really impressed that Harriet Shing, the, the Minister for Equality, and also Marianne Thomas, the Minister for Health, were at the uh, the Women's Conference last year at the Abbotsford Convent, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing that they probably didn't come empty-handed. Any funding announcements? Not that I can talk about, James. <laughs> Not that I can talk about just yet, but what I will say is this. Um, it is. It was so great having them there, especially the Minister for Health, Marianne Thomas, because you know, obviously, you know, these are extremely busy people. So getting them to come along to anything is, is you know, is, can be difficult. But they both came, and not only did they uh, get up and address the crowd, but they also stayed around and, and listened to a lot of what people had to say. And I got to speak to Marianne Thomas um, myself and. I know that there has been talks with Thorn Harbour since then about basically really saying that they are going to commit to doing more for LGBTQ plus women and I'm going to hold them to it. Yeah, absolutely. It was pretty shocking when I spoke to Simon Ruth, the CEO, last year, and he said that there wasn't really much funding at all for, for lesbian health in, in Victoria from the state government. Uh, and we were hoping that at the conference um, that would be a catalyst for the government lifting its game. And it sounds like they are, which is which is great news. Yeah, they, they are. And But, you know, having said that, you know, we just have to keep pushing. And one of the realities is, is that for queer women is that we've just sort of been... Um, lumped into this idea that as long as we just fit into the general women's population in terms of health funding, and it's only been, you know, in the last few years that that research has shown that the people we help, we all, what we already knew was that there are a lot, of, there are, you know, whilst we do share a lot of the same um, health issues, there's a lot of reasons as well why we actually need to have specialist funding um, for, as a priority population. You know, we keep getting told we're a priority, priority population but we don't actually see ourselves getting prioritised in areas that we need to be. But, uh, as I said, we are, um, we're always pushing and there, it looks like there will be absolutely more money coming our way this year. Well, Wise Words is on Thursday, the 8th of February at the Abbotsford Convent. Aurelia St Clair and Rachel Cook from Thorn Harbour Health, thank you so much for joining us today on 3CR. Thank you. Thank you. 3CR. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. 
Thorn Harbour Health envisions a future where our LGBTIQ communities and people living with HIV are healthy and live safely with dignity and well-being. To find out more, search for Thorn Harbour Health online.